This is Sam Caligioni, founder and CEO of Dogfish Head Brewery, and you are listening to At The Bar Podcast. Cheers. Uh, this episode, this is another episode of At The Bar Podcast. There's a very stressed Mike and an equally stressed Jeff here. Jeff, man, how how you feeling now we got things working? Uh, it's fantastic. We actually were able to shoot and I was concerned about that happening. So we're good to go. We're good to go. Uh, YouTube, uh, has eliminated Google Hangouts, which was our only way to record. Platform, yep. Only way to record. And we spent the last hour uh, figuring out Facebook Live. Didn't work. YouTube didn't work. So finally, we are here through Skype. We're Skyping. We're Skyping each other. We're Skypers. So, uh, we're Skypers. 2009. Yeah. So this is a uh, uh, man, Jeff. I know you got a beer. Um, I do. I'm contemplating if I should run down the downstairs to get mine. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll start talking right. about this. Go bad ahead and talk boy. about it right yeah. back. Yeah. So that beer, that can you just heard me opening, that just made that amazing, wonderful sound. It's actually in honor of uh, a recent holiday that just passed, which was National S'mores Day, which I believe was like two days ago uh, from recording sometime early August, like 8th or 9th or something. But anyway, because of that day, I said, next time we record, I will be drinking a s'mores beer, which we have here, the Southern Tier Blackwater Series Nitro S'mores Imperial Milk Stout. Um, so I got a few of these cans. It's 10% alcohol by volume. Super duper over-the-top sweet, just like you'd expect from Southern Tier. Um, a lot of really, really kind of boozy notes to it. Uh, and and not a ton of balance, but a lot of flavor. And that's kind of what you come to expect with these Southern Tier uh, dessert stouts, the things like the creme brulee and the other crap that they put out. Really good. Um, it's really good, solid flavor all the way through. Uh, a lot of potency, but it is a, uh, it's definitely a kind of, I would almost go on as far as saying a gimmicky kind of uh, over the top dessert stout, just like Southern Tier is known for. So that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> Nice, and man. It is uh, in honor of S'mores Day, National S'mores Day of a couple days ago. So that's what nice. I've got. Nice. Awesome. Digging it. So I had to run downstairs real fast to uh, get my beer because I forgot in the chaos of earlier. This beer, we actually, I'm out a little out, I'm a little fat ass out of breath here. So pardon me. But this beer we featured on the show semi recently and I found it on store shelves. I can't see myself, but I can only see Jeff because he takes the whole screen. Can you see? Oh that yeah, is. that is the. We have not tried this beer yet. We've we have talked not. about it. We've already talked about it. Ooh. This is the new Dogfish Head Slightly Mighty Locale IPA. IPA brewed with monk fruit extract. That just heartened me. <laughs> and a thumbs up. Uh, it's ninety-five calories, three point six carbs, and uh, this is the. This is one of the few beers that we've actually talked about on the show but haven't had until after we've talked about it. We talked about it as a prototype of when it, before it was even released. We, yep. had, we read an article about this beer, talked about how cool it will be when it finally comes out. And guess what, guys? Future Jeff and future Mike are now in the present, <laughs> and, we're gonna, and, and Mike gets to try it. Yeah, so I'm drinking out of the can because I was not going to run around getting a glass. So... Super fruity smell, good hop smell. Go go for the uh, go for the flavor here. Uh, this is good, Jeff. And it's got some good. kind of a special fruit flavor that is what's supposed to monk fruit or something. Monk fruit, yep. Which I've never heard of in my life, but this is good, Jeff. This is a, you get a little of that that piney hop, very subtle, but you get a, a slightly sweet fruitish finish on the, on the end this is really good uh, all right as always dogfish kills it so that's no shock but for those ip this, this is like a session ipa i believe it Similar. well that's the point isn't it yes yeah, it's four percent alcohol session ipa uh you get that it reminds me a lot of uh was the one by founders all day all day ipa that little hot bite in the middle but it finishes nice and sweet with the, with a fruity finish 
the all aroma. day IPA. Aroma is very IPA. So another stellar beer from Dogfish. I'm, I'm I'm really gonna enjoy this this episode. Very very good. Awesome. So, so moving forward here, let me minimize screens because the yeah, big old clusterfuck shoot going on over here. Um. So we're gonna do we're gonna do uh we're gonna do some news. We haven't done news in a while. Uh, we also haven't done a lot of episodes in a while. So I think news is a good starting off point. Not a lot of episodes in general. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna start off, uh, Jeff. You do have the links, so we'll do, we'll do, uh, we'll switch it up here. We'll do the uh, the, the seltzer article. Uh, Very cool, because that is something. We'll we'll break up the news here. Oh, you're yeah. up there. Nicely up there now. I All moved right. myself, yeah, up to the top corner top there. Right. <laughs> Skype is so cool until they change themselves. Uh, I moved you up there too. You're like a oh, little tiny screen now. You're a tiny screen. uh everyone hell has has froze over it's happening uh spread your cheeks lick your sack and kiss your ass goodbye natural light is now in the seltzer game round of applause everybody all right natty light Uh, i can i just say for the beginning before we even dive into this article it's a really really bold statement for them to call natty light quote the king of cheap beers. <laughs> that's fighting words. Yeah, that's that's very bold. <laughs> the title of the article is, quote, Natty Light, comma, the king of cheap beers, comma, goes after hard seltzers. I love it. I would, if there was a list of cheap beers, I don't even know if I'd put Natty Light on it because I would forget no. that they existed. <laughs> So, yeah. so like they for them to call them, I'd be like, I, I would have like Bush Light and I'd have Ice House on there. But I, the things I'd have on before Natty Light even registered in my mind as a beer, like I can't believe they call themselves the king of uh, the king of of cheap beer. Yeah, like I, wow. The question wow. is, Jeff, are we uh, kings of cheap beer? Like, can we hold that title? The lords of cheap beer. We might as well. I mean, we can. Anybody can call themselves anything now. Yeah. So let's, I think let's... our podcast is the king of is the king of beer opinions. Now that's what we're going to call ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We all know I love my Bud Light and my Coors Light. So and Jeff loves his PBR. Wait, wait. You forgot <laughs> one. I think. Oh, Natterdays. I, I always grab you one. like Natterdays. I'm pretty sure you like Natterdays. One. I have one in the fridge. I almost grabbed it. I was like, now nah, I'll do dogfish head. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, and this is this saddens me a little bit, but I actually don't care that much. But it saddens me a little bit, but like I've heard from a um, numerous amount of people that Natter Days are actually really good. They are good, Jeff, and you can't have any until it's on the show. Like your I first Natter Day. I, I can't I can't have any just because of the fact that I've talked so much crap about them. Nah, I'm, just, right. I'm I'm re- I'm resigned to never taste that wonderful flavor now at this point. But your your Saturday's <laughs> prime clientele, young professional Hawaiian shirts. You're down the party. You know what I'm saying? You're a Natterday guy. I do I do all those things. <laughs> yeah. All all two of those things. Yeah, yeah. I do both. So See, I guess I am. These are Natterdays at your wedding. I'm gonna sneak them in. I can tell you definitively, having being involved in the wedding, uh, that there will not be natter days at the wedding. I can oh, tell they're gonna be that. in my they're gonna be in my pocket. Definitively, <laughs> unless right. unless they're in a cooler that gets snuck in somehow, oh, which, which I am have... not against at all. Please oh, bring your own alcohol. Sneaking some in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on with the article. Natural light is in the seltzer game. Uh, with two new flavors, Catalina, Catalina Lime Mixer, when cherry and lime become best friends, and their Aloha Beaches, Mango and Peach go to beach mode. First of all, before we continue, I love their can art and the fact of the, the copyright on the cans. I like I both they're names. Awesome. They're both phenomenal. I think they're both awesome when cherry and lime became best friends. Very much a stepbrother's take, and I'm not sure the go beach mode. I don't know where that's from, but... Uh, moving along, uh, I am not reading the whole article just because we're not prepared. Uh, so maybe Jeff might be a little bit more ahead of me. Uh, there'll be 12 ounce cans and 25 ounce can tall boys. They're coming in at 6%, which would be the highest ABV seltzer. 
We all know how uh, craft beer people love their high BV. No matter what style it is, hey, man, I just want high BV. Well, what do you drink? I drink high ABV. All right, here's an high ABV beer. Anyway, moving forward, and they're 135 calories, 35 calories more than White Claw, which is the king of the market. Um, moving forward, they're probably going to be, uh, here we go, debut two flavors. Other, oh, yeah, 133 per 12-ounce. Um, uh, I'm not seeing a price on them, but we can guarantee it's going to be cheap. They're all cheap. Yeah. They're all cheap enough, but Natterdays uh, is pretty much set the bar for what Natty Light can do with their with their fancy stuff, and that means cheap. It's going to be real cheap, cheaper cheap. than White Claw. <laughs> yeah, it's be cheaper than White Claw, uh, higher ABV, and higher hopefully ABV. as tasty. Yep. Uh, there is a there's someone leaked a uh, business meeting of Anheuser Busch, and they they did a survey of I think it was like eighty. Four percent of people uh, surveyed con- uh, would prefer a six percent, hundred thirty-five calorie seltzer over five percent, hundred calorie seltzer, which shows, assuming this uh, survey was correct, that people are more concerned about ABV than calorie intake, which is interesting with everything being such low cal, like the beer I'm drinking. I I am very surprised by that because my own personal take would be that the difference in one percent ABV doesn't justify the fact that after you drink twelve of them, you're drinking like a few hundred calories more. Because yeah. like with these things, when you're talking about five to six percent alcohol, you're you're in it for a marathon. Like you're having more than three. You know what sure. I mean? So absolutely. So if you're talking about the difference of sixty calories per drink, it actually is significant. Which I don't know if people realize that when they're thinking about it, when they're like, oh, dude, it's only 60 calories per per can. That's not a big deal. It's like, sure, that's not a big deal. But when you're drinking 12 of them to catch a buzz, it's kind of a big deal. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that makes all the difference. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I, my thing is if they taste good, I actually do think that White Claw is vulnerable to losing to other uh seltzers because i don't think that i think the seltzer market like we've talked about is is just going to keep growing and i think it's here to stay however i don't think that white claw being the top of that market is necessarily earned more so than just they've done the best in marketing their brand like when when you try their flavors or their or whatever like they're not astronomically better product than any other thing on the market like they didn't earn being top of the market with, by putting out a great product. They put out the exact same product. They just market it better. Right. So, so I do think they're vulnerable to like somebody coming in at a cheaper price point who puts out a good product. And if, if they do put out a good product, assuming it tastes good and they come up with cool flavors, they very well could take a huge share from white claw. Cause you ever, do you ever hear anybody say like, no, nah, man, I only drink White Claw. No, I've never heard that. Like like the way that Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light drinkers are. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I will not even touch Miller Light. That's trash. Right. There's none of that. Nobody's like, yo, truly garbage. Won't even touch it. Like they all drink all the seltzers depending on what flavor they feel like having or what's available at the time. Or even what's on sale, too. You know, the White Claw goes on sale probably a lot less than – the seltzer owned by Anheuser-Busch and Boston Beer Co. So people don't care. They just want to drink seltzer just because it's, it's cool, bro. <laughs> well, 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 I'll tell you, as somebody who drinks a lot of seltzers, that like the best flavors, if I were to list them, are not like all three or four of the best flavors are all from different white, like different seltzer companies. Yeah. Like, you're like a Smirnoff, you're like a White Claw, you're like a Truly. Yeah, you'll like, like four different flavors for four like different the, places. The Smirnoff Berry Lemonade one is phenomenal. The Truly Blueberry Acai is like probably the best flavor of any of the seltzers. Uh, the White Claw Lime or the White Claw Mango are both really mango, good. Yeah. Like so, like they like everybody has good flavors, so they're all vulnerable to losing out to somebody who actually puts together a fucking a box that all the flavors are actually good instead of three out of four or two out of four being yeah. good. 
which I know what they're doing. They're taking their least popular flavor and putting it in a, a variety box so that we actually have to fucking buy it. It's like, just stop making that flavor. We get it, guys. Watermelon White Claw sucks butthole. Stop putting it in my variety pack. <laughs> you sound real passionate about that. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Like, I understand the marketing. Like, I understand, like, oh, well, we've got this flavor that doesn't sell well. We'll just throw it in a variety pack. It's like, no, you have this flavor that sucks butt. Stop making it. Yeah. Like, that should be the meeting. Not like, how do we get sales up on this watermelon White Claw? No, stop making, just, just stop making it. Just make a better flavor. That's how you get sales up is make something that doesn't taste like fucking dog shit. <laughs> Jeff, you're getting real aggravated. Oh, man. Watermelon White Claw is a new joke for you. It's terrible. Watermelon flavored anything, but watermelon White Claw is god awful. All right. Which is your favorite White Claw then? Lime. My favorite White Claw? Lime. Yeah. Lime, lime is my favorite White Claw. Lime then mango, correct? Correct. Yeah. And then yeah, what's lime. your third? Lime's the best. Then black cherry. Okay. You're. Uh, you pass. Gra- yeah. Grapefruit can fuck off. Grapefruit's pretty terrible. Raspberry's pretty plain. Yeah, raspberry's a good safe pick, if you. but mango is worse. Now, at- now, listen to this. This is actually really cool now that we're on the seltzer train. I have to say this. There's a bar. Uh, you guys may know it in the Central Florida area called West End Trading Company out in oh. San <laughs> West End, who I love. I love the guys over there. I, they used to be one of my accounts when I was a liquor sales rep back in the day. And they do. They're just a fun. That's a fun crew out there. And they are a great time. to. Go. If you're in Sanford, go to West End. It's a good time. Um, but they're doing just the pure White Claw, the non-flavored. Yeah, annals. With Mio drops. And you can flavor your White Claw to any flavor that you want that they have in Mio, in the Mio Squirt. Yeah, the squirt. Yeah, the the water enhancers. That's their it's zero calorie water enhancers and whatever hundred calorie white claws, but the white claws are non flavored and they're like, yeah, do whatever flavors you want and you just flavor them. Like, what a cool! I actually honestly was like, what a cool special. Like, I was like, that's cool. That's smart. That think, changes the game, Jeff. It really does. You can do a public sweet tea white claw. <laughs> Legitimately, yeah. <laughs> or a lemonade or. Whatever, there's a ton of flavor, make the, the water enhancer flavor. Oh my god! I also definitely did. I had epiphany. I also definitely did the very deservedly discontinued rose truly today with gin and fruit punch. I can't hit on that. You added gin. I applaud you. Well, we have we have these we have these rose trulys that we thought would be cool for like the girls for the wedding party and. Yeah. We opened them up and realized that they just taste terrible. <laughs> so, so we're like, yeah, I guess we have to get rid of these 12 Trulies. So, <laughs> Twisting so, your arm there. <laughs> so I'm like, I volunteer as tribute. I'll drink them. And, uh, and they're, no, they are really bad. Like it's, it might be the worst flavored seltzer out of all of them, including watermelon. Like they were, thank God they're discontinued. <laughs> like they're really bad. Let's, let's, I want to anoint ourselves lords of seltzer. Hard seltzer. I think it. I just one uh, amendment to that. I think we should be sultans of seltzer. Yes, deal. Agreed. I sign that. Sultans of seltzer. <laughs> yeah, like the sultans of swing. But yeah, I love that song. Dire Straits. What's up? Very uh, good. The only <laughs> Dire Straits song anybody knows. Uh, money for nothing. Chicks for free. You're right. Chicks for free. That's right. And that's not true at all. Bad life advice. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the Sultans of Seltzers are moving on to the second article. Jeff, we have another buyout. Buyout alert. Woo, 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 woo. Jeez, that never happens. Yeah. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, the real assholes of beer, have purchased Platform Beer Co. out of Ohio, specifically Cleveland. Uh, they have a tasting room and a 60-barrel production facility in Cleveland. With tasting rooms in both Columbus and Cincinnati. Uh, additionally, a sour facility was planned for Cleveland and a new 10 barrel brew house in Pittsburgh. I've never heard of this brewery, and they seem very big. They're a big time regional in the mid northeast Midwest. <laughs> Obviously, huge. Yeah, the great Neither of us have heard of them, so I'm going to go out and assume not that good a quality stuff just because of the fact that. Us being in the beer industry the way we are and wanting and seeking good quality beer have never really heard of this brewery. 
But hopefully, and hopefully, like we always, always encourage people listening to comment to us, please tell us how wrong we are for not knowing about this brewery. But I don't know about them, and I don't understand yep. how they have amassed this this empire or what. I mean, they've got like that's a pretty they've got a, well, a lot. They've got four a lot facilities. Four yeah. facilities flying totally under the radar. Yep, for Central Florida and uh, South Florida, North South Florida. <laughs> You know, like I, haven't even, I haven't even heard anybody who's being like, oh, you're going to Cleveland. You should stop by the platform brewery. Like, and I hear a lot of people tell me what breweries I should go to whenever I travel anywhere. Oh, never yeah. have heard that even. Yeah, I've never heard of them either. And I, I've been to Chicago semi recently and never. I mean, I work for a brewery and no one's ever brought in platform to, to share or brought it up or anything. Never remotely heard of this place. Um, but, uh, congratulations to the platform ownership and investors. If they have any, uh, hopefully you're filthy fucking rich, which you made, I, it. you made it. We will not ever make you feel like shit about it. Let people be upset. There's 5,999 other options. Uh, so they can take their money else, elsewhere if they're that upset, but congratulations. You successfully sold out and hopefully you're rich. Uh, Point I brought this article up is to date. This is we're on Beer Street Journal, the unofficial news source of At the Bar podcast. Uh, to date, Anheuser Busch has purchased Ten Barrel Brewing, Golden Road Brewing, Blue Point, Vesa Sur, Breckenridge, Devil's Backbone, Elysian Brewing, Four Peaks, Goose Island, Carbach, Virtue Cider, and Wicked Weed. Uh, I feel like there's more that they purchased, but uh. You know, it's it's a button. It's another buyout, f- folks. Let's just uh, calm your pants down. Uh, be happy for these people. They sold their business, and they've turned. They sold. They their bis- business. I would uh, deem successful. They sold it for a profit. It's an inevitability at this point. Yep. You know, there we've talked about it a million times. The big guys are going to hedge their bets. They know. We all see the slump. We see the slump in craft beer. It's a bad time to be getting into the craft beer world because the bubble is or the bell curve. We're on the back end. The slope is starting like these guys know what's up. Why do you think they're investing into these hard seltzer so hard or whatever the next trend is like just we got to roll with the punches on these buyouts. It's not we can't get mad about it every time. Oh, I'm not supporting them anymore. It's like, great. You know, whatever. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No one really cares. I don't care. Drink, buy what you like. Like, drink what you like. You know, let's speak with your wallet. That's the only thing we can do. And I have a doctor shed here with me. And then my backup beer is a fucking Saturday. So you drink what you like. Who cares? You know? Um, but moving forward, I mean, uh, I, I think this year was reported the first year in like seven years that craft beer has grown single digits. All the years prior, it's been double digits. So, you know, the writing's on the wall. Craft beer sales-wise is slowing down immensely. Uh, Is it growing? Technically, yes, but not at 18%, 20%, whatever. It's it's in single digits, so it's it's slowing. And hopefully, you know, for our sakes, craft beer doesn't hit a recession. But, um, I mean, it's bound to happen when things are out of control. So... Yeah, I don't see it ever going away. I think that we have a taste for quality beer now, and we're never going to just revert back to being like, Bud Light is the best. Like, we're not going back. Right, right. But but I think that a lot of the less-than-quality stuff is going to find its way out of the market, and we're going to get to a happy medium eventually. We're going to stabilize to a point where everybody is, you know, all the breweries that are doing the right thing are supported. But... I mean, it is what it yeah. is. The, the industry's it is changing. It it's, it's starting to calm back down. We got so high on this stuff thinking it was like the new gift to drinking, which like, don't get me wrong, it was. Like, I'm in. I'm totally in. I still do a podcast about it. I obviously love craft beer. <laughs> yep. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but what I'm saying is the market itself grew at such an astronomical level or rate to an astronomical level. And and like 
it was due for an autocorrect. Like it was due to come back and it's going to start doing that as we're now seeing as it's slowing down. And I'll tell you, the wine industry is seeing an uptick. Young people are starting to drink that wine again. They're starting to drink those craft cocktails like they have been for a while. They're starting to drink these hard seltzers. They're starting to drink all kinds of other stuff that is just, I mean, even I can't tell you how many times people are putting pressure on me at my restaurant now to have canned Keep in mind, this is a restaurant that has liquor and <laughs> makes real drinks to have canned cocktails as part of the beer menu. Wow. So, so oh, you want a vodka tonic in a can? How about I just make you a vodka tonic? That's way better. No. No, they want it and they want to be able to buy that whatever it's called highball or high eight or whatever it is. Remix bullshit in a can, yeah. But they but that's that's a thing that's taken I mean, it's take it's all taking little bits of the craft beer market away from craft beer and putting it somewhere else. And over time that's gonna eat away at that growth. And then we're gonna start to see it fall, not just not grow, we're gonna see it start to decline for a while, starting in about two years. And yeah, for sure. And it will start to see a, a you know, a one-digit decline, 1%, 4%, 6%, until it balances off. Yeah. And who knows what number that's going to be and when, you know. We're at 6,000 breweries. That balancing could be 4,000. That means 2,000 breweries are closing. You know, we don't know how much. We don't know that number until it happens. So... We'll see. Everything balances out in time. Uh, moving to our last article, guys, our news article. This one is going to hit real nice to Jeff being a big PBR fan. Plavs Blue Ribbon swung BDE, Big Dick Energy, in the market with her hard coffee. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. <Love> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so apparently this was a thing in Maine for like a while. Yeah, I didn't know that, but when this started to launch, my chef is from Maine. Him and his girlfriend, who is also from Maine, separate occasions told me that Maine has been drinking this stuff already. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that's a thing. Just figured I'd put that out there. Yeah. But, yes, I'm on board. Totally in. Uh, I'm on board, too. It's essentially a, a boozier version of PBR. Uh, it is made with Arabica and Robusto. Uh, Robusto uh, oh, shit. The webpage accidentally refreshed. Uh, Robusto coffee beans, milk, which is interesting, and a touch of vanilla. Finishes at 5%. Um, it is, and they're doing a PBR whiskey beer aged just seconds in wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, read, read, read. Son of a B, you. Uh, so, yeah, this is in select markets July 1st. I haven't had a chance to have this personally, but a friend of mine and a friend of the show, Sean, is going to give me a can. Uh, and the people reading Untapped and whatnot, uh, people, dude, people are really digging this. They're comparing it to uh, drinks such as Yoohoo and uh, chocolate milk with a little bit of roast. So, I'll say this right very now. Very interesting, Jeff. Very interesting. Alcoholic iced coffees in the morning. I am a huge proponent for this. <laughs> this should be a thing. I don't know. I, I, listen, I'm not saying we're uptight. I'm not anti-American or anything like that. We do our thing. We do it good. But I've been to other countries. I've seen how these businessmen take lunch. I've seen these guys in Munich chugging down three 32-ounce beer steins of 12% strong lager at lunch with their laptop on the table still doing business. We're the only country that doesn't allow this type of behavior, and I think it's a travesty because we're the freest fucking country, and we should be all drinking Paps Blue Ribbon hard coffees in the morning. Just take them out of the can and put them in a cup. That's all I'm saying. Just put them in a cup. Put a little ice over it. You'll be good to go. I, I hope when we down, when I download this episode to edit it, I get the video because you got real ants, and I might make that a little clip. Dude, <laughs> you get so ants. I watched I watched this whole thing, and it's like really funny too because it's uh, it's uh, Jim Jeffries, who's Australian, and he talks about America not being the freest place in the world, even though we all talk about freedom all the time. 
And uh, and his whole thing is like, you're not the freest place in the world because you guys have all these rules that other people don't have in other countries. He's like, he's like in Amsterdam, you can literally smoke weed and bang a hooker in the street in front of a cop, and it's not illegal. <laughs> but he's like, how are how are they not the freest place on earth? But you guys think you are, which I'm like, you know what? Like in other countries, that that you know, two martini lunch that used to exist in America. Yeah. It does. That is now faux pas. You can't drink at lunch on a business lunch or anything like you're really going to sit here and tell me a beer, a beer or one drink is going to make that big of a difference in somebody's personality. I know so many cutting edge and, and smart uh, tech firms and people who have kegs in their office who drink a beer while they do their fucking coding or whatever. Sure. Like that's it's, it's pro it, it's helps these people focus, calm down. It probably makes people a little bit more relaxed in the office and it probably makes people actually want to be in the fucking office. Right. So like, I'm not saying everybody get hammered at work, but I'm saying guys take the edge off a little drink a PBR hard coffee in the morning. Yeah. I mean, not to get too nerdy, but uh, I graduated UCF with a marketing degree and they've done studies where, Having two to three beers uh, helps boost creativity by like over thirty percent because it, it. It, it calms you down, gets all the nerves and whatever you have going on personally, professionally, all the stress calms you down and lets you think clearly. And you're not getting drunk at work; you're just clearing your mind. And 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 in an, in an industry where you have to be creative and think outside the box, having a, even a slight buzz helps you come up with ideas. And I've done that. Uh, numerous times. <laughs> it's Listen, like, hey, Jeff, hey, Jeff, we should do this. He's like, let's do it. <laughs> I've I've pretty much exclusively only recorded good content when I'm drunk, so I'm a huge proponent. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to the PBR hard coffee. Uh, I know, Jeff, you already said you're super in. I am incredibly in. Do you think this is going to be a trend moving forward amongst other craft breweries doing a hard coffee, whether it's can't <clears throat> Excuse me, whether it's can, not can, doesn't matter. I think, think coffee's coming. Yes, because I think a lot of breweries have already combined the coffee with the beer. I think a lot of breweries have also already com- started doing the cold brew side of things, non-alcoholic cold brew, in kegs. So it's a logical step for those breweries who are already doing it to do it with alcohol, I guess. Um, canning it, uh, I think it takes a... a person with the reach that Pabst has to do it on a production level effectively. So I don't yep. see like, I don't see like a, a, a small regional brewery being like, Oh, try my canned hard coffee. Cause I think it's such a niche market that you really need to have mass distribution for you to make any money on it. Sure. Um, so I, I see Pabst doing well with it. I think Pabst has that name recognition and that global reach and that money to market it enough that it might actually catch on. And just like this Natterdays phenomenon that like they marketed the shit out of it and it almost became so gimmicky that it actually got real staying power. Like a lot of times if you market something as a gimmick, it can stick around longer just because people are still talking about it. So I feel like, this PBR hard coffee thing might actually stick around for a while. And if it's, if if the product's good at the end of the day, no matter how they market it, people will laugh about the fact that they drink it or whatever they want to do, but they're still drinking it. Yep. Man, just did that be a great night nightcap? You know, you're by a fire. It's cold out. Open a PBR hard coffee and just hang out with your friends, your family, whatever, and enjoy the night. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately. It's when does it ever cold out? <laughs> uh, well, there's, we get it cold two weeks a year, at least in Orlando. I don't know about you down down yonder, down yonder South Florida. Uh, so that's it for the news, guys. Uh, we're gonna move on to our second segment here. Uh, this one is was not originally planned, but me and Jeff had a had a conversation the other day. So this is Sunday. So it was about that Thursday, Friday of the day of this recording uh, about um. Sarant sesh. This is this is this is we're, we're due for a rant. Uh, so, Jeff, why don't you tell the story so we can get into this rant of yours? Because I, I I need it right now. I'm driving for it. All right. So I, I had heard I, I ask about these places and stuff. And of course, I'm obviously really excited about new places opening. And, and while I've heard good things, too, I definitely have heard some good things. 
the only problem is none of it's about the beer. I hear good things about the atmosphere or the food or whatever else and this and that, but I don't hear anything about the beer being good. So I decide I'm going to start investigating myself and go online and look at these reviews and see what people are saying about the place. And it becomes immediately apparent to me that these reviews are all written by staff members pretending to be customers. And, and I'm sorry, but one, I mean, there's a lot of reasons this really infuriated me, but almost the most insulting part of it is like, you do understand the social media era of what you're doing, right? Because on Facebook, when you post a review, the person's profile picture appears on that review. So if you require your employees to post a review about the place they work at and give it five stars and pretend they visited and had a great time, and then they work at that place, within a few weeks, half of them are going to have profile pictures of them working at that place. <laughs> so, yeah. so now you've got 30 reviews, all five stars, all clones of each other. Saying, great place, great atmosphere, great beer, woohoo, it was so great. And they all say the exact same thing, like it was a script, like somebody said, you have to write this. And then 50% of them are people wearing the hat and the shirt of that brewery. <laughs> and I'm like, do you like? Do you not check this stuff and see how stupid that looks? Not only how stupid it looks... But now I can't trust a single review because yeah. I don't know if any of them are legit. I mean, that's that's the, the the world we live in, right? Like, you can review anything, and you don't have to be a professional or a enthusiast. You just be just ra some random guy, just like you know. I'm just gonna give this place a five star just because I feel like it, or I'm just gonna give this place a one star because I don't like the name of that one beer, like. I think it's a crock of shit that any business would require, even ask an em current employee to give their business a five star. It's like people saying, hey, you work for Mike and Jeff Brewing. You shouldn't rate your own beers, but it's okay if you rate our business a five star. No, 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 no. You cannot do that. You either do one or you do the other. If you want to rate the beers and be be honest about them, they should be honest about the business. Or just don't even do it at all, which is the safest pick. Don't say shit. No five-star rating. Don't rate the beers. Say you check them in, but don't give them ratings. It, it took very, very minimal investigating on my part to figure out this happened. So for me, that's like I, I'm a social media illiterate. Like I'm a moron when it comes to social media. I, don't, I make maybe two posts a year. I don't even know. And, I, and honestly, I don't even know how to post on Instagram. Like, don't even know how to do anything. Like, I don't, never tried. Don't know how to do it. So for yep. me to discover that is like, dude, do you <laughs> not think other people see this? Like, does nobody know that? Like, it's obviously happening. You know, other people have definitely seen this. But not only that, it's like, uh, you posted this thing the other day, and I saw it, and it, the thing with the seizure. Yes, yes. And I, I'm that, like. I posted that, yes. Yes, you did. And it was like another instance where it was just like, is Yelp really helping anybody or is it just the fucking enemy and it really is the enemy of anybody in the industry of anybody who's actually trying to do good work and do good by their customers yelp is the fucking enemy it is not providing you a logical or helpful or honest opinion of any restaurant if you read those reviews and take them to heart you are reading false crap by non-experts yeah and it's and and that's I mean, that's what it is, and it's so sad that we've gotten to this point where the, the information era of the United States or of the world has bred stupidity at such a fast rate because yeah. everybody has a fucking outlet now. Everybody has a platform, and we provide it. We're like, hey, Yelp, come have your platform to give your stupid opinion, and, yeah. and, and we, they invite you to give your opinion, and it's like – Here's a per we'll get opinion, you know, hey, hey, you're a, a freaking a person who's never worked in a business before ever. You don't have any business experience. You never run a restaurant in your life. Come review this restaurant. Yeah. Oh, I'm great. with you.
I I totally trust your opinion. Do you understand the not like the, the logic behind trusting a non-expert's opinion? Not an, a, the, you're trusting a non-expert's expert opinion about a business they don't understand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it blows my mind that that exists, and I I have to open my beer really quick, but. Please tell I, – I want to hear the story about the seizure thing. Seizure. Oh, man. Let me let me pull this up. You're, you're uh, throwing me a curveball here. Uh, this I actually found on the Beer Twitter uh, universe here on, on the social media. So I'm pulling up my personal Facebook. Uh, let's see. Because I want to make sure I get this right because this is a fucking gem. Uh, so this was posted by Garrick Robert A.B. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. This looks like a Yelp review. Come to find out it's on open table, which I'm assuming is just another version of Yelp. Uh, he comments. So he took a picture of the review with his comment. I'll read his comment. So I had a uh, quote. So I had a seizure behind the bar last week. Uh, Grand Mal unconscious for about five minutes. And this I think just about and th- I think just I think this just encompasses everything. Yelp is in one paragraph. At least she tacked on a second star, dot, 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 happy trails. So the review was a two-star out of five. They dined July 25th, 2019, which was not that long ago, and they reviewed it four days later, July 29th, 2019. Let me read the review real quick, and then Jeff can tell us about his beer. Uh, The review goes as follows, quote, Our experience was not a good one. Our server suffered a seizure, parentheses, no one's fault, end parentheses, but the ability for them to recover from the unfortunate situation was catastrophic. We did not cause a fuss as we were concerned for the server, but after they got him up and into the ambulance, uh, which took more than 45 minutes, we still had the, we still had to chase down a, a new server, new server for ourselves. The food was okay. Nothing to write home about. The air conditioning unit was also not working or not able to keep up. My husband was in shorts and a golf shirt and was sweating the entire time. I do not I do not see us coming back, end quote. <laughs> wow. That the fact that that review exists on Yelp is is proof enough that Yelp should not exist. <laughs> Down with Yelp. <laughs> it's that I, I respect the fact that their experience wasn't ideal. And I, when I posted that, I had a, a buddy of mine or a, a Facebook friend of mine kind of comment, kind of like, you know, he said, I don't see anything wrong with that review. How do you, you, you have shit food and your broke AC's broken? Like, you probably deserve the two out of five. But it's more in depth than that. It's an employee had a seizure, was unconscious. That's going to take precedence over anything. And then. They had chased on a new server. Like, is there's commotion? There's things. There's things happening to where just fucking be cool, bro. Just be cool. And the fact that you know things like the air conditioner being broken, yeah, that sucks. And yeah, you know her husband sweat. I sweat sometimes in the AC. It's just we we don't know if the AC repair guy was even called. Whether he's he hasn't been out yet. You know, we don't know why the AC is broken. So to kind of give it a five, a two out of five isn't really a fair judgment because that restaurant isn't presented in the way that it's meant to be presented. Right. So at the end of the day, you want to break it down the way, all that other stuff, the 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 tangibles. You want to rate it on the AC and the food or whatever. Which granted, and and don't get, don't, I don't even want to get started about. The thing is, with restaurants, you can't even rate them on the tangibles because, again, you're not an expert. So I hate when people go in and say, the food was just so-so. And it's like, oh, let me look at what their check was. Oh, six modifiers. They took off half the fucking ingredients. And then, you know, like, that's the shit where, like, I see checks come back into the kitchen and I'm like, somebody's going to complain about this because it's going to taste like shit. Yeah. Like that's not that's not what we're putting out. That's what they want us to put out. And then when it doesn't taste good, they're gonna be like, "Oh, this doesn't have any flavor." And it's like, "Oh, wait, you mean the cream sauce with no cream doesn't have any flavor?" Like, obviously, you want your gluten-free, cream-free, dairy-free fucking Alfredo sauce, and we have to just basically put fucking 
white wine and garlic in a thing and oh my god that's not alfredo no of course it's not because you took out every ingredient that makes something alfredo right so that's a good point that's a very good point so these people do these they every single check now has a hundred modifiers on it nobody eats anything as the chef intends it to be eaten and then they complain about the way it tastes so you know what you're not a chef you're not an expert. And if you are a chef and you want to write an expert about an expert opinion about my restaurant, do it the right way. You better have a fucking food blog or you better be fucking working for the newspaper and you come in and you write your food blog. But don't be sitting there writing Yelp like you're fucking uh, Emeril Lagasse because you went to a restaurant once and you didn't like the shrimp scampi because you're not an expert. And if you can't cook it, don't rate it. Right. That, exactly. Don't say shit. Or don't even mention the food. Be like, oh, the service was great. At, you know, the, the place was clean. You know, but yeah, dude, that's a really fucking good point about the modifiers. Like, you're you're changing your the uh, a dish is meant to be prepared an X amount of way. If you change the entire half, at least half of it, then you it just means you have poor taste as a consumer. Look, really I can... fucking good point. I can tell you right now, I as as far as modifiers go, and there was actually a restaurant in New York, a, a very high volume restaurant in New York that did a study on this. They went back ten years to when security cameras first were in place, and they broke down one month's worth of business. They went through thirty days of business, looked at the videos for the nights, and they broke down the amount of time guests spent, the amount of time guests spent talking to each other, the amount of time guests spent on their phones, the amount of time that people switched tables. The amount of modifiers on checks, they broke down everything from 10 years ago until now. Yeah. And because – and the reason they did this was because they were getting complaints on Yelp about their service being – taking too long and the waits being too long. Right. And they went back and they looked into it and they figured out that, hey, you want to blame us for wait time being too long and service being too long. Well, here's the facts. And it was some absurd amount of over 20% of tables that would request a specific table or change tables after they've been sat. It was people taking more than six minutes to even take one bite of their food after the food is served because they were taking pictures of it and posting it on Instagram. It was stuff where people weren't talking to each other and texting back and forth the whole time before they even ordered their food or looked at menus. So all of these things fed into the poor restaurant experience when really it had nothing to do with them. That is, you know, these people get at their table and they start texting and they're this and that. And then the server comes and says, Oh, what would you guys like to eat? Oh, we haven't even looked at the menu yet. Well, no fucking shit. It's going to take a long time when everybody's doing that kind of dumb stuff. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent, thousand percent. I mean, even in a brewery space or even at a bar space, when we were at world of beer, you know, it's, Oh man, it's people are just not prepared, and and it could be for a, a, a texting or whatever. Like, there's menus in place to look at the menu. If you have a question about a specific beer, that's a valid question. Hey, I like this beer number one. Looks interesting. What does it taste like? I could tell you because that will help you, me move you along. But if I come up, hey, what can I get you? And you're like, oh, have you ever looked at the menu? Or oh. What do you guys have on tap? Look at the fucking menu. Or oh, tap that. Yeah, don't Look at the fucking tap list. It's there, fucking in organized. Front of you, right in front, in of, front of, you. of you, organized. Every information minus what the beer tastes like is there. I don't fucking understand why you give people a menu and they look at it like it's a fucking hieroglyphics. Oh. It happens all the time. Every fucking day, dude. They're like, oh. Uh, what what beer do you guys make? It's like, oh my god, dude! Look at the fucking menu, and next thing you know, this person is fucking creating a line because they just cannot think for themselves. Dude, I, I have I have people that come into my bar, and this is a full liquor bar, fully stocked with all of the normal things that would be behind a bar. Plus, you know, if you're going ultra high end, yeah, we probably don't have everything ultra high end, but we do have. And ultra high end option on every kind of liquor, you know, like we have, we have a top shelf bar, like we have a nice dark bar, good scotches, good whiskeys, good bourbons, like we have good stuff behind our bar. So I hate, hate one, if you're more than 30 years old, you know what you drink. I understand in your twenties, if you don't know what you drink, I understand if you're 27 and you like have 
switched back and forth between vodka seltzers and hard liquor and and doing uh you know shots of tequila and yeah okay you're in your 20s do your thing if you're 30 years old you know what drink you want so when you come up to the bar in your 70s and you're like, um, I don't know like what you guys have, so uh, I don't know what I want. It's like, well, what have you ordered for the last 35 years? <laughs> yeah. Probably want that. You're probably not going to change. Oh, That's oh, more, oh you've, ordered, you've ordered vodka sodas and with lime? Guess what? We have vodka, soda, and lime. We have all three of those things, and we can put a wonderful one together for you. So just fucking order it. Like, don't sit there and act like you're some profound drinker and some fucking person who's, like, going to change the system. I'm going to think of the drink nobody else has thought of. Guess what? They've thought of it. They usually suck. Drink what you know. Drink what you like. You've been drinking for fucking 40 years. You know what you want to drink. So just don't sit there and – what do you have? Um, It's all literally sitting in front of your fucking face. (laughs) Like the bar's not hiding. It's on the it's right in front of you. It's all, all behind the me. It's on display. There's lights underneath it. You can literally read the bottles. They're literally right in front of your face. And guess what? We didn't just put them randomly back there too. They're separated by what style of liquor they are. What? Like vodka's <laughs> on the left with gin and tequila and all the dark stuff's on the right. Get out of here. That's so crazy. So just fucking look. Yeah. And then order what you want. Yeah, I would. I would. I'm 31, and I would never order a tequila drink because I know I don't drink tequila. Or at least you're you're at full look. Like think before you approach. My thing is, if you don't know what you want, do not approach the bar. And that's yeah. and that's that's my my. If the minute you approach the bar, I as a bartender will assume you know what you want, so I'm gonna approach you. Hey, how you how you doing? Oh, what can I get you? And, um, well. You guys have a lot of New England's. Yeah, 12 out of our 16 beers in New England. Well, what ones are not New England's? I go, the four that are not New England's. <laughs> like, number one is a Hefe, and number two, three is this. And I'm like, like, oh, well, do you guys have anything like a Pilsner? No, I didn't say a Pilsner. I Did said, I say Pilsner? Yeah, I just... didn't say Pilsner. I said Porter, Stout, Brown Ale, and a Hef. You probably want the Hefeweizen. Okay. Oh, this beer sucks. Two out of five. <laughs> and they wonder why I get so upset. Like I don't get it. I don't. I don't. The, get it. the crowdsourcing ratings business is just so absurdly stupid to me. And I don't. Here's the thing. And just think of it as this way. If this is the one thing I can leave you with that actually makes sense, hopefully, is when you are in public or just talking to people in your general life. What percentage of them do you leave the conversation and go, that person's a fucking moron? Because for me, it's a, it's a higher number than probably most because I just, <laughs> you know, you know me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I leave conversations thinking that person's dumb as a box of rocks more often than not. But I, how many people can you honestly say, how many people do you get into traffic altercations with and think that person's too stupid to be on the road? How many people do you see at the mall with their pants hanging halfway down their ass and their shit hanging out the back and, and they look like uh, idiots, how much white trash and, and bull crap people do you see walking around and how many of them do you want to take their opinion on where to go out to dinner tonight? Stop going to Yelp. <laughs> like that's who you're listening to. That's yeah. who you're listening to. All the people that are stupid enough to do all those stupid things that you don't trust their opinion, they're the ones who are also writing Yelp reviews. Yeah, or untapped reviews. Oh. So just you have to understand that when you're looking at these quote-unquote expert reviews about these ter- terrible, terrible experiences at these places that probably are doing a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the kicker, right? There's I even you can even say breweries that or businesses that are rated four point nine out of five with five hundred ratings and you go there, you're like, How the hell is this place getting a near perfect score? Like it's dirty, it's the what's like the rating system as a whole is so it's what the the trend word of twenty nine it's it's fake news. It's 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 not a real rating. It's all bullshit. And the people are like, Well, I only drink beers on untapped that's above a four. Fuck you. Have you ever seen 
at a restaurant, which is almost cheesier, almost cheesier, not as cheesy, but almost cheesier than making your employees write five-star reviews. Very close. Have you ever seen at a restaurant a restaurant that encourages you to write a five-star review for a discount on your check? Yeah, I've seen those. <laughs> that's worse. Oh, yeah, that's worse. Scratch your ears, buddy. If you ever see that on a check, turn, run, write a one-star review, and never go back. That's a place begging people for fucking business and has literally no intention of ever serving you good quality stuff right that's a place who's literally like we're gonna trick people into thinking we're five star forever so that we never have to be five stars (laughs) like or they can stay in business it's that's if you ever see somebody encourage you for any reason to give your opinion and force you to give five stars they are an awful, awful, awful place to go. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Some of the best beverages I've ever had are below a 4.0 on untapped. Some of the best ones. All the real ratings are below 4. If you see anything over 4, it's probably a lie. Yep. Or Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Their love below is a, definitely a above 4 beers. The outliers are... You know. <laughs> The ones that matter are obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter, I but... mean, uh, we we a couple episodes ago we pulled up. I pulled up the uh, man, the Pilsner Urkel Untapped rating, the quintessential Pilsner King. Any craft beer nerd or enthusiast or whatever will be when you ask them what's the quintessential Pils. If they don't say Pilsner Urkel, they can fuck off. They don't know what they're doing. Pilsner Urkel is the king of Pilsners. I just pulled it up again Untapped. A quarter million reviews, 250K check-ins, 3.35. The last for me. You know why? Because it's an unexciting style of beer. Well, That's yeah, it. Well. That's it. it. You could. The thing is with Untapped is there's people who rate beers based on how well they hit style, a.k.a. us and a handful of other craft beer people that actually want to rate beers based on style and there's people who literally just go on there and rate beers based on how they taste and it's like oh my god i love this beer it's so great it tastes like coconuts and so they rate it a five and it's like well yeah a pilsner doesn't taste like coconuts or really anything it's really just basically a basic lager style and it's like pretty plain so if you are looking for the beer that tastes like coconuts and fucking chocolate and it's oh my god this is like an almond joy it's not like an Almond Joy because it's a Pilsner. So that's not the most exciting beer. However, if you're going off of what is hitting style, then the Almond Joy Porter is not hitting style. Nope. <laughs> so, not hitting style at all. So, at all. you know, that, there's that, you know, there's that thing. And, and that's the thing with Untapped again. It's like non-expert opinions on expert stuff, you know. you. For Untapped, I take the opinion for certain beers. This is kind of like I I do a little screening. It's like for certain styles of beer, you can almost trust the opinion more than on other styles of beer. Like I'll never look up like a Kolsch or a Pilsner or a Pale Ale or anything like that on Untapped. I definitely, 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 definitely will never look up an IPA on Untapped because – just get prepared for every IPA to be a 4.6. And guess what? They're not all 4.6s. You hopheads are liars. Big old liars. You guys are like, oh my god, it has hops in it. Give it a 6. It only <laughs> it only goes up to 5. Just give it a 6. <laughs> the the triple hop, triple dry hop adds so much flavor to this bro. 5 out of 5. Ultra hazy. <laughs> this IPA tastes like a dirty hamper was filtered through a dirty sock and then put into a beer. Definitely a five. Because it's hazy. And it smells like chocolate. <laughs> don't. I don't. Yeah. It smells IPAs, like mango. IPAs is the least accurate ratings on Untapped by far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By far. In fact, we should do a whole episode based on 
uh, untapped ratings on styles of beer and which ones that we think are valid and which ones we think are absolutely oh, outrageous. Yes, let's do that next episode. Yeah, dive, it call it the the depths of untapped or whatever clever name we come up with. We'll think of something. Yeah, because we'll it's not because yeah, like it's not it's there's so much uh, stylistic bias on untapped that like if you actually follow beer or, or or care to like look at these styles like there's there's there is accurate stuff on untapped you just have oh, yeah. to know how to find it yeah oh, yeah and then and the, if you just look at if you're going by like any go to any brewery go to just as a as like a ex- experiment go to your local brewery and just double check that their ipa is the highest ranked beer on untapped because i guarantee it is and yeah, it's definitely, I'll, and it's oh, yeah. probably not, and it's probably not their best beer. But I bet it's the highest rated beer on Untapped. Oh, I would agree with that, unless they do, <laughs> unless they do either like bourbon stuff or, or pastry stuff. Yeah, unless they do something. Yeah, unless they're like an angry chair or somebody who's doing a lot of dessert stouts and stuff. Yeah, like if they're just a normal brewery, like a normal hometown brewery, guarantee their IPA is their highest rated beer. Oh yeah, because there's so much IPA bias on Untapped that it's insane. Damn hop heads, count us. You hop heads and your lion ways. Yep. So at the end, of, at the end of the reviews, fuck reviews, a bunch of bullshit. If you if you guys want to know the real shit, contact us. Leave us a comment. Email us. Whatever means necessary to get in contact, we keep this shit real. Yeah, and we'll tell you. We will tell for you better or for worse. <laughs> you might not have to believe us, but we will tell you. Oh, we'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to wrap up another fucking awesome, uh, great episode. Uh, stress to the beginning, but man, did it come through. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that um, we were able to do this and it worked and I didn't have to cancel. <laughs> yes. God, thank God. Thank God. So uh, now our episodes will be brought to you by Skype and not Facebook Live because that shit is a pain in the fucking ass. So fuck that shit. So moving forward, Jeff. What do you have in closing? What do you have going on? Anything you want to tell our vast ocean of listeners outside of reviews and IPAs? Outside of all my <laughs> rants tonight. Yeah, yeah. Nothing too new. Uh, things are calming down in the wake of the wedding coming up, and we have gotten our invites out. They might, they'll, you'll probably get yours before this episode airs. And uh, that's about yeah, that's about it. It's been a it's been a long and uh, stressful road, and we're getting towards the end, and we're enjoying it. So I'm assuming you guys are gonna have beer at your wedding, right? There will be beer, liquor, wine, champagne, all kinds okay, of fun okay. stuff. What what kind of beer? We know it's not Natterdays. We've covered that. But what kind of beer are you guys gonna have? We're actually having uh, two local. South Carolina beers that I can't think of off the top of my head because Cassie chose them. And, uh, but I believe I remember thinking, Oh yeah, I like that brewery. Cause we have been to a lot of those Charleston breweries now. Yeah. And, and the beers that we chose, I was like, Oh yeah, I like those beers. Those are good. So we have a couple, uh, local South Carolina beers okay. and then the rest is like, I think we have like Mick ultra and Budweiser and some other crap like Heineken or something. So, Nothing crazy, but a couple craft beers, and then we got a full liquor bar. So that's the nice. that's the key is the liquor. Everybody's gonna drink liquor. It's we- the funny thing is like weddings. Like everybody, even if you're a craft beer drinker, it's like weddings. It's like oh, I just want to get drunk. Let's drink liquor. I'll be. I'll I'll have a couple liquor drinks. Oh yeah. Oh, I know you're gonna dive right into the bourbon. <laughs> you know what oh, it is, man. Yes, yeah, you know. You know what it is? Is people get so weird about dancing in front of other people that they feel like they need to have a buzz on to dance so that they have like deniability when people are like, "Dude, you dance like an idiot." You're like, "Well, I'm drunk, bro." <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like that to a point. I I overthink it, but yeah, I gotcha. I don't know. It's like dancing is such like a weird thing with guys where they're like, I don't dance unless I'm drunk. So I need to take six shots of bourbon and then I'll go dance. Mm. Can't wait to try that bourbon, man. Ooh, we excited. So in my front, uh, nothing's going on. Uh, same old shit, different day. Uh, working. <laughs> uh, I've been, I've been feeling super creative, creative lately. Uh, been coming up brainstorming a lot of new shirt ideas though that hasn't progressed in any front we're still i'm still in the process of moving everything over 
because I haven't really started moving everything over. Uh, it's just when I have time to do something, something always comes up, and I just keep this vicious circle of just it's one thing after the other whenever I have a moment of free time. And currently my free time is being taken up by the family on Netflix because that shit is crazy. Um, other than that, shirts are going to be a thing coming out soon, I, I promise. And hopefully we're going to have some glassware. We'll see how uh, shirt sales go because the glasses need to be paid for. <laughs> so, uh, so buy some damn shirts, people. Buy shirts, please, so we can get you more shit and some cool stuff. But yeah, shirts, everything's on the website at thebarpockets.com. We just recently upgraded the website to a business plan. So we're not limited bandwidth wise or, or anything like that. So uh, go at thebarpockets.com. Go buy a shirt. They're awesome. They're great quality. We're just switching over to the new platform because that new platform gives us more options in terms of merch and other things like posters, socks, hoodies, and, 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 and the sorts. So that's why we're moving over. It's not because we're not happy with Represent. It's just we get more options going to Printful, which is, is the website that we're, we're uh, eventually going to move to. So uh, that's why. Uh, but still, buy sure they're awesome. Uh, those designs may be retired. Uh, I have to see if I can redo them again and find all the Photoshop assets. But uh, buy the shirts uh, now and, and rock them and be sure to tag us on, on, all the, on any social media. And when you do, you will get a 15% off promo code for your next shirt purchase. So other than that, everything's just been status quo, man. Uh, it's good seeing you. Good having you back on the show uh, yeah. after, a, after a, a little hiatus. Um, other than that, uh, check us out on all social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and at thebarpockets.com. Uh, the, the website, actually, I just updated my bio on the website to more breweries I liked. So there's a lot of breweries that hopefully we'll get to talk to in person for our next spotlight once Jeff comes back from his honeymoon. Maybe we can plan something. I'll be able to talk about all kinds of Thai Thailand uh, breweries. So yes. That'll be fun. fun. Kind of like a, his Cuba trip. But hopefully when he comes back from his honeymoon and settles in and gets things, we can have some brewery spotlights, some other cool shit happening. Uh, maybe uh, towards the end of this year or very first thing next year. But until then, stay tuned to At The Bar Podcast. I'm Mike. That's Jeff, and as always, we will see you guys at the bar. Peace.